Why do you wear black gloves? Well, I have a skin disorder. I'm a bit embarrassed by it, but um, the gloves help. Can I see them? <laughs> you want to see my hands? If I stopped wearing the gloves, they would. Don't worry, they're not contagious. <laughs> Can I t t touch them? Why is it that young boys are interested in gross things? Hello and welcome to another episode of That's a Random, a Random Movie Podcast. I'm Heath Lambert. Our movie this episode is Kindness Matters from 2018. And my guest today, and this is a bit of a special one, a bit of a crossover. Previous guest, Katie Jane. Hello. Hello. So you're going to be on the podcast to talk about this movie. And then I'm going to be on your YouTube channel where you will be, well, I will be doing, it still seems so backwards to me. I will be doing your makeup. You have a makeup tutorial YouTube channel. Um, it's what you want to do. It's what you're good at. We're proud of you, and uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. I can't imagine how entertaining it would be to <laughs> watch me <laughs> ruin your photogenic face, but that's what we're doing. Yeah, I'm a, I'm excited. Um, yeah, so on my YouTube channel, we're not just doing makeup tutorials, although I do have a lot of those on there, but I just did a get unready with me skincare routine and I'm trying to incorporate like product reviews as well as skincare and as well as special guests that I bring on and make them do my makeup uh, to make fun of them for fun. <laughs> good, 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 good. Um, yeah, this movie, this will be our fourth Christian movie we've done on the show, though I will say this is significantly less Christian than the other stuff we've done. Uh, maybe it's more of like a family movie. Like no, the, the word Jesus is never said. Um, there's a couple mentions of like, oh, it's God's plan and God is never wrong. But that's really the extent of it. It's just supposed to be a heartwarming kind of family thing that you can watch that doesn't have any swearing or whatever. Um, but it's so schmaltzy and treacly and boring <laughs> yeah it's it's really boring um i almost fell asleep during it it was yeah it was really really boring yeah at the 45 minute mark she looked at me and said how much is left <laughs> um <coughs> for a little context i'm going to get a little bit into the guy who wrote and directed this is a guy named craig mcmahon he started low he's from australia he started in low budget horror um, but now he's sort of, and then he sort of pivoted into these kind of family films, Christian films. And yet, sort of his claim to fame is he's the inventor of, <laughs> buckle up, Spirit Radio, in which he interviews the ghosts of Elvis Presley, Charlie Chaplin, Michael Jackson, Robin Williams, um... So he's a, a, a grifter and a shyster, obviously. Like, <laughs> he's a con man of some sort. Um, and I don't know how you balance... How, as a Christian, do you 
still believe in ghosts? Um, well, you know, I've been Christian pretty much my whole life. I mean, I was Mormon growing up, and I consider myself now a Christian. I I believe in worldly beings other than um, humans here. I do believe in, like, spirits and stuff, but I don't really believe in, like, mediums or anything like that because I just think it's I don't know but it is it is possible I mean in the Mormon religion there's the Holy Ghost and spirits and all that so I mean it's I I I definitely think this guy might be a little bit off his rocker but I mean who knows you know (laughs) I just don't know how you justify when the whole thing is like hey when you die you go to heaven or hell and that's it but unless you're wandering around haunting a movie theater, like, I don't understand that middle ground of like, how can there be so many ghosts if everybody's supposed to go to heaven or hell? I don't know. Well, um, so like, say you, say you die and you go to heaven, right? Do you think God would just like not let you visit your friends and family back on earth, you know, or like, um, what's your take on that? Well, I mean, the idea is supposed to be that heaven is so great you would never want to leave. And also, how come all the ghosts are, like, angry spirits throwing plates around the kitchen and, like, scaring people? Like, that's not, that's what you came back for to, like, annoy the neighbor's dog? I don't, I don't know. It's all pretty silly to me. But that aside, you made this movie, which doesn't know what it is. It is it a talking dog movie? Because... The opening, the first shot is like of the earth and the opening narration. And thank God I have sub, I always have subtitles on. And the subtitle says in brackets, scrappy, and then the dialogue. So the narrator is a dog. So right out of the the bat, we're like, oh, okay, (laughs) this is what we're doing. This is the movie we're doing. But it's not consistent throughout. Maybe every 25 minutes, the dog will have a line of dialogue, and then the dog doesn't speak again. Like, so it's not a talking, like, you're either a talking dog movie or you're not. You can't just interject it occasionally. Um, to me, it kind of seemed like this movie was trying to be, um, what is it called? Like, the dog's purpose. yeah. Yeah, it's like a Christian movie that's based around a dog, but they were consistent with it. Like, this movie was not. Like, in every scene of that movie, you know, you saw the dog. The dog was, you know, the narrator talking, whatever. But in this movie, it's like, yeah, the dog would talk, like, 20 minutes. And half this, well, not even half, but, like, one-third of the scenes were with the actual dog. So it just, it didn't really make any sense. And also, the dogs in those movies are the star of the movie. Like, the, the main character of the movie. Whereas this is, like... There's occasionally a dog. And in the meantime, we're watching all these other people. So I don't know, like, the dog could have just not talked and it wouldn't have changed the movie at all. Um, We first meet Adam, who's kind of a hipster-looking dude, who's putting on his tie in the morning and he has a weird (laughs) chant of, I love my boss, I love my boss, my boss loves me. He works in law of some sort, but I don't know. I don't know what that's about but he goes in to wake up his his kid lincoln who's sleeping under under his bed instead of in his bed and the kid asks him does your boss love you 
which is a weird, weird question for your kid. And you don't, because he was sound asleep when dad walked in, so you don't, it's not like he overheard dad in the other room and is like messing with him. <laughs> like, I don't know what, it's just such a weird, it's a weird question. Speaking of weird, this kid's haircut. Avril Lavigne wrote a song about this kid's haircut because what the fuck? Look, if the kid wants this haircut because he thinks it's cool, that's fine. But as a parent, if you decided this is what I want for my child, it's like this flopped over. It's like shaved on one side and then flopped over long on the other side like skater boy haircut. And it's it's borderline child abuse. <laughs> I actually did that haircut um, on Friday on a teenager. He came in and... He said that he wanted to look like Justin, like he showed me a picture of Justin Bieber when just it was long on top. But then he said that he wanted one side blended with the length on the, that he wanted to leave on the top. And I just think it looked ridiculous. Like it's always a terrible haircut. But anyways, so yeah, the dad comes in and he. <laughs> you didn't call the police? <laughs> um, no, it's just it's a. I don't know why they did it because every time this kid stands up, he has to like flop his head back to get this hair out of his face and it looks silly every time. On top of that, you've saddled this kid with this. Look, kid actors are usually not good. This one in particular is not good. And then on top of that, I mean, none of the actors in this movie, everyone's pretty terrible. But you've saddled this kid with a fake stutter and it's. It's not good. It's not good. Like, it's so... I mean, there's ways to do it. This ain't it, cheap. Um, so we got that going on. Then we meet Hudson, who looks like the wax statue of Cro-Magnon Man you'd see in a museum. Like, this guy has a powerful face. <laughs> like, it's very much forehead, bit flat, like, no, like... He looks like he looks like he should be playing a Viking in like a war movie or something. Like he's just this big, tall character with a weird face. <laughs> yeah, and then his mom wonders why he's single. He has this nosy mom who keeps letting herself into his house and bringing him food, like he's not a grown ass man. Like, all right, sweet mom, whatever. But this guy is in his conservatively late forties. <laughs> like, he can feed himself. He's managed. You know, and she's on his ass constantly like, why, I can't believe you're not married yet. Why aren't you married here? Let me set you up on a blind date and all this stuff. And he's like, I'm fine. You know what? It's fine to be alone. It's fine. You know, <laughs> like, <clears throat> if that's what you want, there's nothing wrong with it. But she's very, yeah, she's hassling about that. Um, he goes outside to throw some stuff away and finds... Not in the garbage, in the recycling bin, or next to the recycling bin, in the alley, a cardboard box with a puppy in it. Cute little puppy. Um, and this big <coughs> manly man falls instantly in love with this puppy, names him Scrappy, <coughs> and, just, and just takes in this dog. And so that's the start of what will become a, a very <laughs> complicated situation for everyone. <clears throat> so Link Lincoln, the little boy, is getting bullied at school. Um for his stutter 
uh, obviously. And also, he reports to his dad that people are making fun of his name. Like, why do people make fun of my name? I'm named after the greatest president of all time. But I didn't see that. I saw you getting picked on for your stutter, which is wrong and terrible, but makes sense. That's what kids would do. Like, I don't know that kids would make fun of his name being Lincoln. That's... I think I feel like he's burying the lead on that one. Um, yeah, it's it's there's a lot of cutting back and forth. We're back at, at Hudson's house. Scrappy wrecks a roll of toilet paper and makes a big mess. Hudson's, well, I guess he's not in love with the dog yet because at this point he's, you wreck this toilet paper, I'm going to give you away. Takes the dog out to the car and immediately changes, changes his mind. Um, no, I can't give you away. I love you too much, I guess. So he goes instead and buys a cage to put the dog in while he's at work so that the dog doesn't tear any more stuff up. That's fine. Responsible pet ownership. Um, yeah, there was also like a weird scene where um, the Hudson, that's his name, right? Hudson. Yeah. Um, he brings the dog home and then the mom comes over and she's like talking to him like he's a little kid like oh you know that this is like a really big responsibility and boy dogs pee everywhere and puppies are him like that was just weird to me also and you also get like a voice when um the voice of the dog when um he buys the kennel for the dog and puts him in the kennel he's like the dog says something like oh my human locks me up and but that's what humans do which i thought was weird <laughs> yeah and this mom first off she's like is it a boy dog which I, may, I, I maybe my mind's constantly in the gutter but my thought is that this woman is worried that her lonely bachelor son is gonna fuck this dog <laughs> like it's fine if you fuck a dog but don't gay fuck a dog <laughs> like but no she's concerned that the dog's gonna pee everywhere but he's 48 years old like he can take care of a dog he doesn't <laughs> he's not a child it's so bizarre um <clears throat> and then it cuts to apparently a couple years have gone by they say that the dog's been living in this cage and living with hudson um but only in this storyline because when we go back to link he has not aged two years definitely not so i don't know if all of that early dog stuff takes place first and then they just edit it together dumbly or I don't know but the two year because they didn't want it to be a puppy anymore, puppy anymore they wanted it to be a grown dog but it's just weird to do a time jump in one section of your movie and not the other because Link has definitely not aged two years um, now we meet the third main character Miss Davies she's a British nanny in America, she's looking for work as a secretary, not as a nanny specifically, because the last kid that she took care of um, was very disabled and very sick and passed away, and it kind of broke her heart. So she doesn't want to do that anymore. She just wants to work as a secretary. <coughs> and we get a little montage of her going on jobs where the first one is a lady like, very condescendingly showing her how to make coffee in the coffee machine and she's just kind of standing there rolling her eyes like yeah i know how to make coffee i'm a grown woman um but then the second one is a guy who 
apparently wants to hire her to be his traveling prostitute. I don't understand what this, like, this guy, he, like, goes to Africa and gets artifacts and brings them back and sells them to white people. So this guy's an asshole to start with. But then he, like, touches her leg and he's like, oh, you'll travel with me everywhere and help me out in all the amenities. And she's like, no, 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 <laughs> and leaves. So. I would have taken that job if I were her. That sounds awesome. You just have to, like, fuck this guy every once in a while and you get to travel the world and make good money. But I don't know. That's just me. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, she's a distinguished a distinguished older woman. <laughs> I mean, she's, prob- she's probably in her... I would guess early to mid fifties. She doesn't. Have, she's been there, done that. She doesn't have time for this nonsense. Um, <laughs> but it's just a crazy like. In the job interview, he's dropping this. I don't know. That's. <laughs> well, it probably happens all the time, though. So. At least he was like upfront about it, and she didn't take the job and signed up for something that she didn't want to do <laughs> that's true i mean there's a little sly about it he's not like completely on front street where he's like here's what the job requires <laughs> twice weekly blowjobs and dictation like he you know it's more of a like i'm flirting with you thing and wink wink nudge nudge and she's smart enough to catch it um back at adam and link's house He's made some sort of, it's not, I don't know what he's made, but it apparently has cinnamon in it because the kid's eating it. Dad's busy on the phone talking to work because he's a workaholic. And this kid starts, he's like, does this have cinnamon? And dad's like, I don't think so. And then the kid starts choking because his throat's closing up because dad forgot, either forgot that this kid is allergic to cinnamon or inadvertently made something because it doesn't look bought. It looks like something he made. So how you accidentally put cinnamon in something, I don't know. But either way, Dad has to rush and get an EpiPen out of the bathroom and save this kid's life. So this kid has all kinds of problems. He's got the stutter. He's got that haircut. He's got (laughs) deathly cinnamon allergy. Um, (laughs) He just, I don't know how you forget that, especially since we're going to be getting into the area here of how negligent the mom is and how she's gone and stuff like that's not that much better to me if you're forgetting that your kid will die if he eats cinnamon also like so he does the whole thing with the epi pen right and then afterwards like he's putting the kid to bed which i'm like as a person with an epi pen epi pen have been trained like by a doctor how to use it properly you're supposed to seek medical attention in order after you use the EpiPen because, you know, you could have a heart attack because you're getting a shot of adrenaline. Also, at the beginning of the movie, um, I, I thought that this was weird. So the guy the guy's dropping his kid off at school and he's dropping him off kind of early. And he tells the kid to, like, wait outside the school before the school has even opened. Like, as a single dad, would you ever do that? Because that just doesn't seem safe to me you know i guess it depends on well first off the couple times we see this school it is completely abandoned because they clearly didn't have permission to shoot there when school is in session and they're there on a sunday afternoon because there's not another kid in sight or another human being in sight it seems to be inside of a big fence so i don't know i guess it would depend on how long we're talking about yeah dad was running late for work 
and the kid's like, it's 6.45, it's not 7, or whatever the time, you know. He's like, I know, just sit over there, you'll be fine, I'm, I can't be late. So, I don't know if I would or not. I guess it depends on where they live, somewhere in California, I assume. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so he's not like a terribly neglectful father or anything, but it's not, you know, he's, I guess he's doing the best he can on his own. Um, but yeah, the EpiPen thing, like it's not, it's a stopgap solution to like in an emergency save your life. It's not like, oh, problem solved. Like everything's fine now. Go to bed. Yeah. You've got to get this kid checked out. <laughs> he was dying 30 seconds ago. Like it's not, it's not a magic eraser that just fixes everything. Um, yeah. He's putting Link to bed. Link asks like, why do kids make fun of my name? And then Adam has this whole speech about. I don't know, because Abraham Lincoln was the greatest president of all time, and he did all so much and all this stuff. Um, and then we have, yeah, so he puts him to bed, and then Adam calls Link's mother, who we haven't seen yet. And I don't know if he's leaving her voicemail or if we're only hearing his side of the conversation, but he says to her, he's like, I respect your decision, you did what you had to do, but I just want you to know that Lincoln is a lot to deal with. No, he's not. The kid wants to sleep under the bed once in a while, and he's allergic to something which is your job to remember. This kid hasn't done anything. We haven't seen this kid misbehave, or, like, the child is the victim here. You're feeding him food he's allergic to, and he's being bullied at school. That's not something for you to handle. You're just a workaholic. Like, that's a pretty asshole thing to say, I feel like. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, like, that was just really unsettling to me. Like, he definitely seems kind of shy, a little awkward. He might be on the autistic spectrum, but, like, he's not a terrible kid. We never see him, like, acting out, tearing anything up, even, like, raising his voice. We never see him raise his voice. Like, God, the dad is a piece of work. Like... <laughs> Yeah, and his stutter isn't so bad that he's like, you can't communicate with him. Just every once in a while, he's, you know, da-da-da-dad, you know, that. And it's, I mean, because the kid's not doing the fake stutter very well, but... Um, yeah, I don't I don't know <laughs> how it is that Lincoln is a lot to handle. I feel like you're a lot to handle. <laughs> and it's here we get the flashback where... And this could be a, because this is written by a man... I'm not sure, but immediately and henceforth, for the most part, this mom is a piece of shit. Like, an <laughs> unforgivable, like, the flashback we see is she's in the bathroom mirror doing something, and Lincoln's like, hey, look at this thing I drew or whatever. And she's like, oh, what grade did you get in whatever? And he's like, C or whatever he says and she's like well maybe you could have got an A if you'd work on that ridiculous stutter like wow wow what a piece of shit yeah um and then she like leaves after that right like that was the scene with her you know going out the door and then the husband's in front of her being like I get it you don't want to be married anymore but like don't you want to be a mother and she's like, no, I don't want to be a mother. And she's like, get out of my way. And then Link is watching this all. Like. <laughs> yeah, that's a second flashback in a little bit. But it doesn't matter. We can do it at the same time. It doesn't matter. Um, 
Yeah, it's like the night she left and Link saw and heard it all. And it's not like a screaming match or anything. It's just she's got a suitcase. She's on her way out the door. Adams wants to talk to her before she leaves. And yeah, it's like, and she says, no, I don't want to be a mother anymore. Like, it seemed like a good idea at the time, but it was a mistake. And I'm not ready for this. And that's, you know, that happens. That in and of itself doesn't necessarily, it's not great. But, it, you know, that's a, that's a human feeling I think you can maybe understand, even if you can't get behind it. But it's the way she talks to the kid that is just, like, reprehensible. And But I wonder how much of that is, like, I, would, I wonder if the guy who wrote and directed this had a messy divorce and this is his, <laughs> he's writing his ex-wife into this movie. Because she's just, that's horrific the way she behaves. Um, until a bit later, there's she almost gets redeemed. Kind of, it's weird. We'll get into it. Um, so now we have Adams out in the driveway fixing the battery in his car. And he goes in the house and he can't find Link. He's walking all over the house. And the amount of times between this and the scene later where he's looking for Lincoln in the desert. The amount of times that this man, Lincoln, Lincoln, Lincoln. You hear the word Lincoln more times in this than you hear in the movie about Link Lincoln, the Steven Spielberg about Abraham Lincoln. They say Lincoln more times in this movie. But the kid didn't run away. He just is like, he wants to take a nap in the closet because he's a weird little kid, whatever. But we're, I don't, we're, I don't, we're supposed to see this as like, oh, he's too much for Adam to handle. Like, But he didn't run away. You didn't have to go look for him. Like, He's still in the house. So it's not, I don't, you could be more attentive maybe, but the kid is not the problem here. I don't, <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah. And then there's like, what did, what was the conversation in the closet? Like, cause I, I'm having trouble remembering that here. He just, I, he's like, what are you doing in here? And he's, he has like headphones on and he's like, I just wanted to take a nap. And there's probably a conversation about like, I think it's something about, mom and why did she leave or whatever <laughs> but it's just real quick and it doesn't add up to much but it's at this point that Adam decides like I need to do something I can't handle this because quote unquote Link is a lot to handle so it's time to get a nanny like this is the straw that broke the parental camel's back this kid wanting to take a nap in the closet like bring it down a notch man it's not he didn't set anything on fire I don't know why this was the inciting incident for you. But um, so speaking of, Miss Davis is back at the employment office talking to a guy. Um, she's like, yeah, I didn't take those other jobs because reasons <laughs> <laughs> that we won't get into. But um, and the guy sort of tries to convince her, like, you know, hey, why don't you could be a nanny again. And she's like, no, 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 no. Like I did that and I was too heartbroken. So thanks anyway. And goes out to her car and she asks God for a sign. Here's kind of one of our few gods in this movie things. Um, and then this recruiter unannounced and uninvited just hops into her car. He has followed her outside. That's how you get maced motherfucker. What are you doing? Yeah. If someone did that to me, like I have, pepper spray in my purse and um my classmate michael gave me a flashlight with a taser on it 
Yeah, I probably would have tased the guy. <laughs> no shit. Like, I understand you're just trying to be helpful, but, like, knock on the window or something first. You don't just open the car and throw yourself into her passenger seat to have a conversation with this woman you've met twice. Like, unacceptable. <laughs> He's lucky he didn't get a car key in the eye. Like, <laughs> but he, and so he says, to Annie, and to make matters worse, he says to her, like, look, I know you're struggling with this. I was in a bad place once, which is not what you want to hear the strange man who just jumped in your car say. Um, yeah, he's like, I was in a bad place once and someone gave me advice that I should just start over. And she's like, so you think I should go back to England and start over? And he's like, oh, no, forget that. Let me tell you a different story. Like, well, what would you tell that story for then? Like, this, you're not helping. But basically the gist of it, this is her sign from God, this guy, this weirdo jumping into her car and saying like, don't give up. Maybe you were meant to do this other thing because apparently he was meant to be <laughs> to work at the job recruiter's office. That's his, <laughs> I, I guess. Um, so she's hired. She shows up at Lincoln um, Adams' house. Like I was sent from the agency. I'm the new nanny. They come in. There's not too much of an interview, but it's like, oh, here's Link. Meet Link. They get along like immediately. Um, and she's basically going to be there. So he has pulled Link out of school because of the bullying. Or maybe because he can't get him there <laughs> and pick him up on time. Who knows? But um, so she's going to be homeschooling him. And yeah, and like Nanny plus homeschooling. And she'll she's there all day up until he goes to bed because the next scene is her sort of tucking him in at night which Adam has apparently just given up. <laughs> like, we don't see him tuck this kid in again, so I guess it's just her job now. Um, and Link notices that she's wearing these black gloves, and he asks her about it. She says she has a skin condition, and he wants to see it. So she shows it to him, and then he wants to touch it. I guess it's sweet, but it's also kind of weird and pointless because the skin condition thing never comes up again like it's not a plot point of any sort it's just this kind of endearing little moment between them but it doesn't have like it has no effect if you if she didn't have that in the movie it doesn't change anything so i don't know yeah i think it was more so of a way that um he could relate to her and well he can relate to her like later on in the movie when she tells him you know whatever but i don't know it was it was weird. It was maybe it was kind of just like, oh, I have a skin condition. I'm different. And then there's, you know, talk of like, um, why are little boys always interested in gross things or something like that? But yeah. But we also she will later on. I'll skip ahead. Reveal to him that she has a, she had a stutter when she was in school, too. And she like trained herself to get over it through the power of goodwill or something. <laughs> and. So you already have that connecting. You don't need the skin condition thing, too. It's like a hat on a hat. Like, you don't... It's an unnecessary... I don't know. Um, Hudson's mom... Back at Hudson's house, Hudson's mom wants to set him up on a blind date because she just won't stop with this. Um, yeah, and then it's... And then, the, yeah, the very next scene is Miss Davies saying that she had a stutter, too. And her advice to him is just imag imagine a better version of you. 
fixed, I guess. That fixed it. Like, just imagine you don't have a stutter and you won't have a stutter anymore. I don't know that that's how that works. I mean, it's been a while since I watched The King's Speech, so maybe that's how that movie ended, but I don't think so. Um, so, Hudson, yeah, we keep cutting back and forth. Hudson takes Scrappy out camping. We actually get two of these scenes because this movie's not long enough. But, um, yeah, he went out, went out in the high desert, took the dog camping at one point. Now they're out there again, and during the middle of the night, Scrappy sees a jackrabbit and runs off after it um, into the desert and is lost. Uh, Hudson stays the night that night again, or the next night, I guess, hoping the dog will come back, and he doesn't. So the next day, he very sadly packs all his stuff up and goes home. Um, <coughs> he's going around... I guess the next day or a couple days later, hanging up posters, like missing dog posters, just on random telephone poles out in the out in the desert, like not really high traffic areas, but then so homeschooling is going really well. Miss Davies is working out really well, and. Um, Adam comes in from work and says, you know, hey, I got some free time now, I guess, because you don't have this kid saddling you day to day anymore. Um, so we're going to take a day trip tomorrow and we'll go. Um, him and Link are going to go camping out in the desert as well. And they have a conversation in the car where he's like, hey, do you miss your mom? And he's like, yeah, I guess. I miss Miss Davies, though. Like, this kid is already... Miss Davies has replaced him, replaced his mother in his heart, like, immediately. Yeah, um, <clears throat> and she's also kind of like the Mary Poppins-type character in this movie, too. Like, she just kind of gets a job, walks in, starts fixing all these issues with this kid, and the dad is like, oh, this is going really well. And then, yeah, and then there's also a conversation in the car, like, oh, why can't Miss Davies come with us? And he was just like, well, Miss Davies isn't family. And the kid is like, oh, well, she she is to me, or something like that, which I thought that was weird. <laughs> yeah, he says, but don't, but... It's like, is mom still my family? And he's like, yeah, your mom's always going to be your mom. And then Link's like... But don't families live together? And Adam's like, well, there's, they should. <laughs> They're supposed to, but not always. Um, <coughs> but yeah, he, so he misses, in the 20 minutes since he left the house, he misses Miss Davies more than he misses his mom, who left two years ago or whatever. Um, which, yeah, I get it. Kids are fickle like that. And you have, you know, she's not an entity in his life anymore, really. So they're out in the desert. Dad falls asleep, just leaning against the like they're sitting in the desert, uh, taking a break from hiking or whatever. I guess they're not really camping. They just like are going to walk around in the desert. That's their day trip. And yeah, Dad like leans back against a cactus or something and just passes out. So Link is left to his own devices. Sees Scrappy in the distance because he's got little binoculars and goes chasing off after this dog. 
and Adam wakes up, and this kid is gone. Like, <laughs> see, you're the problem, Dad. If you... Yeah, he ran off into the desert chasing a dog. That's not great, but, like, it wouldn't have happened if you hadn't fallen asleep. Like, you just sat down to have a drink of water and just passed, like... That's not good. Not a good look, Dad. That's your problem. That's not Link's problem. Um, so he, he finds Scrappy and renames him Dingo. It takes some convincing. Dad's like, get away from that dog. We don't know that dog. Come over here, which is... That's correct. Um... But then the dog follows them back to their car, and so Adam relents and lets them keep him. But the condition is, if he destroys anything, he's out. I can't have this dog running around wrecking stuff. Which, if he's still doing, after living with Hudson for two years, Hudson is not doing a very good job as a dog owner. Like, if your dog is wrecking stuff, maybe you don't care if stuff in your house gets wrecked, but, like, you could get the dog trained or whatever, you know, take measures to correct the dog's behavior. Because if two years later the dog is still like this, I don't know. The dog immediately destroys a pillow in Link's room, which he covers up by <laughs> like just stuffing all the stuffing back in and stapling it shut um, so the dad won't know. The, um, yeah, Hudson's out driving around the desert hanging missing dog signs up and as he's driving along he comes across there's a woman walking on the side of the road with a big like camping or you know hiking backpack or whatever on and pulls up next to her to ask her not if she wants a ride can you help me look for my dog which is stranger danger 101 mm -hmm. if you're a woman a small child if a man pulls up next to you in a car and asks you to help him look for your dog the answer is no 100 percent of the time well um i don't think he immediately asked to um for her help in looking for his dog um i think it was like oh have you seen this dog because he like hands her a picture of him and then she's like oh well i can help you look for your dog if you give me a ride into town later I don't think it was exactly but yeah that's it's still weird you know that's like a stranger coming up to you being like oh do you want do you want to see the puppies in my van like that's still yeah. <laughs> it's still a little weird especially in the desert like <laughs> yeah that's where you bury bodies like <laughs> this is a bad situation for her but it works out because she immediately recognizes him as the football player she had a crush on in high school now there are people and these people are older than I am. There's people I had crushes on in high school. If they walked up to me right now, there's a 95% chance I would not recognize them whatsoever. He probably didn't look like this in high school. He probably didn't have the long hair and the mustache and the beard. He was probably more clean cut. So the fact, but then again, he does have that distinctive Cro-Magnon face. So maybe there's, he's the only guy in town who looks like that. So maybe you would recognize him. But yeah, she yeah she tells him flat out like, oh I know you, I had a crush on you in high school, like, and yeah I'll help you look for your dog if you give me a ride into town because I hurt my ankle out here walking or whatever. Um, and yeah, you're right because he's like, well you don't have, you don't have to help me the dog for the look for the dog, I'll give you a ride anyway. She's like, no it's fine, and then it looks like they just hang out the rest of the day because they're sitting in the back of his truck like eating sandwiches, so they make a, they make a whole day out of it, and the 
the beginnings of a romance, I guess. Um, <coughs> she and he, yeah, she remembers him, him not so much. He, she's like, I don't know who you are. <laughs> it's cool that you had a crush on me, but I don't remember you. Which is that's, oh, that's a little sad. <laughs> um. Yeah, then we have like our second god line because she says. Anne, this woman, says to Hudson something about, oh, he's like, I thought, back in high school, I thought I was God's gift or whatever. And she says, everyone's a gift from God. So there's these little moments that are like, we're going to mention God, but you never see anybody going to church. Nobody's talking about Jesus. Nobody's getting punished for being a sinner like in the, the other movies we've watched. So it's it's borderline a Christian movie. Um, so I give it props for not having a disgusting message as some of those other ones do or beating you over the head with it it doesn't make it good it's still and also those other even with the bad messages those other Christian movies had like like one of them had Brian Dennehy in it one of them had Kevin Pollock in it it's like oh there's people I recognize in this this is no one you've ever seen and it's a way lower budget movie than those other ones um Anne and her friend are hanging around the house and she decides, or her friend decides, like, she's telling the story of, like, oh, I got picked up in the desert by this guy I had a crush on and I can't believe I ran into him again. And the friend takes two seconds. She gets on her phone and she says, oh, here's his address. Like, what? <laughs> what private investigator website do you have access to? You'd be surprised. Us girls are, are nosy. We have our resources. I've definitely done that before where it's like, oh, I met this guy at a bar and I, this is his first name and I didn't ask for his phone number or anything and I'll like Google him real quick and find his social media and get his Snapchat somehow. <laughs> yeah, you have to vet. You have to vet strange men. I understand that. But just like it's literally, it's too, like she picks up her phone and she goes, oh, here's his address. Like, What? <laughs> She's good. She's done this before. Um, and yeah, she still has... So under the pretense of bringing Hudson back this photo, because when they were driving around, instead of giving her one of the flyers with his phone number on it, he gave her, like, an 8x10 photo of this dog that he, like, made the flyers from. So under the pretense of returning this photo to him, she shows up at his house... And is also like, oh, I bought way too much takeout. It's out in my car if you want to have dinner or something. He's like, yeah, that sounds good. So, like, the first date is on. And there's a little conversation about, like, I guess I stalked you. <laughs> and he's like, I'm glad you did. <laughs> but it's just, I don't know why she has this picture in the first place. Why he would give her that instead of the flyer. Um, and next we see Hudson's out in the desert just wandering around looking for the dog and is like just sitting down taking a nap in the hot sun and a ranger comes up to him who's played by Craig McMahon the writer and director of the movie um, and kills any hope this man has he's like look man the closest water source is like eight miles that way like your dog is dead <laughs> like stop coming out here and I'm gonna find you out here dead in a couple days it's over man just go home <laughs> which is that's rough and then, yeah, and then when he goes home, um, the girl that he found in the desert um, was there, 
and he's like looking at Scrappy's like bowl and bed and kennel and stuff and it's just like am I being over dramatic about um Scrappy and she was like oh no you're not like I get it you loved him but I sitting there I was just like this is too much for a dog like for a 40 something year old man to like be this butthurt about a dog and then not take into consideration like the whole water source thing out in the desert like I don't know. He, I feel like he would have moved on if he was like a real person, because this has been like a couple weeks now, you know. I mean, I I get it. People love their dogs, and this dog was all he had. I mean, he has a girlfriend now, so but it was only had. So I get it. I'm I'm never am as, as attached to animals as a lot of people are, but I get it. I understand it. But yeah, he's a little. It's a little much, but especially when in a little while he returns to the desert to drop off an engraved gravestone he has made for this dog and just leaves it in the desert where presumably his body lies somewhere. That's a bit much. <laughs> like, um, yeah, I don't know. Everybody deals with things differently, I guess. Um, <clears throat> so back at Lincoln Adams house, Miss Davies is, helping Link with his schoolwork and stuff. And Adam comes home from work early. And Miss Davies runs, not walks, runs to the bathroom to put on lipstick. Which, and we never explore it anymore. We never get into it. But there's only one reason you do that, right? Like, she's into Adam now. Yeah, that was that was a little weird. Like, um, yeah, they were sitting at the table and... Um, the kid goes, Dad's home. And she's like, what, now? And he was like, yeah, now. And then she runs to the bathroom, like, full-on sprints through this man's house and is putting on lipstick. And then the dad walks in and is just like, oh, hey, Link, like, where's Mrs. Davies? And he's like, oh, I'll go get her. And he, like, goes to the bathroom and knocks on the door and is just like, Dad wants to talk to you or whatever. Like, that, yeah. No, I think it's an important distinction. He does not, in fact, knock he just walks in on this woman in the bathroom who luckily is in the mirror putting on um teach this kid some manners but yeah like she's not going to be seen by her employer without lipstick on like she needs to go freshen up so she's i don't know she's into this hipster guy and i'm i'm here for it he at no point in this film will reciprocate that attention like he's never you never get the idea that he is also falling for Miss Davies. It feels very one-sided. But that's I want that movie. Give me the sequel where it's this 55-year-old nanny and the single dad how are like hooking up now like and this is the new family. Like that's more interesting to me than any of this dog bullshit. Um So yeah, and he asks Miss Davies if she wants to stay for pizza, and she very much wants to stay for pizza. Um, and the next day, Scrappy destroys... Adam has some paperwork or something that he left laying out for work, and the dog has, of everything in the house, he's chosen this moment and this thing to tear it all up. A little contrived, but... Um, so yeah, so Adam's like, what was the one rule, Link? I told you if he destroys anything, the dog is gone. So when I get home from work, the dog is gone, and that's it. Um, 
not only that, but this was like important stuff that I needed for work. So the dog's got to go. Um, here's where Hudson and Anna, and Anna are out. Yeah, out in the desert. He's got this little rock that he has engraved with says Scrappy on it and just leaves it, just sets it on the ground in the desert. Like, here lies Scrappy, maybe. <laughs> it's just so much like work and yeah, it is. It is a. It is a bit. A bit much. <laughs> yeah, and then um, his new girlfriend is like with him, and he's like falling, which like first off, this man has like weird facial emotions. Like when he's out in the desert with Scrappy the first time, he's got this really creepy smile, and then now he's like bawling, crying, making like this weird baby face, and it's almost like she she's like over it at this point she's like yeah it's sad but like get over it she's like patting him on the back and they're looking down at this plaque that they made like i don't know it's just i feel bad for this woman to be honest yeah she's for whatever reason so into him still after all these years that she will just roll with this and like okay hopefully this but also like hopefully now she can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Like, okay, I helped him make this weird headstone thing. <laughs> We're leaving out in the desert. Hopefully this is the last I hear about Scrappy. And we can put this behind us and <laughs> get on with our relationship. The, um, as far as his face, part of it is just he has an odd face, as we said. And then on top of that, he's a bad actor. So, yeah, it winds up being his emoting makes for some interesting viewing. <laughs> um Adam comes home from work, and Miss Davies stands up for Scrap, well, they call him Dingo, but stands up for the dog and stands up for Link and is like, look, I know that was the rule you made, but I'm begging you. You can fire me if you want, but don't take out what the dog did on your son. And she persuades him. He's like, look, I'm not going to fire you. I'm like, don't be ridiculous. And the dog can stay okay. So crisis averted? Like, that should have been a longer dilemma in the movie but it's like three minutes later and the problem is solved so it didn't really <laughs> also like get the dog some toys if he's like ruining stuff like get him like a chew toy and train him like don't just be like oh he messed up my pillow or my papers or whatever the dog's gotta go like just be a good responsible pet owner you know yeah and it's also like okay link the dog is 100 percent your responsibility but the kid can't, I mean, unless the kid's following the dog around with a choke chain 24-7, like, the dog, he, what's he going to do to stop the dog? He's going to jump in there and get bit trying to stop this dog from destroying a piece of paper? Like, that's, you can't put that on the kid. Mm -hmm. um, and it's right here where mom is back. Her name is Jane, and she just waltzes into this house like she never left. And is like, oh, hey, what's going on in here? I'm back, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> Um, who are you? She says to Miss Davies, and he's like, I'm the nanny. And she's like, you got him a nanny? <laughs> like, she's so, like, taken aback by the fact that this man has a nanny, I guess, because, I don't know, because they're not rich or whatever, but, yeah, and he says, well, some of us have to work, <laughs> which implies <laughs> that she doesn't, so I don't know what she's been doing this all. It's a very, but from this moment on, and we never see a conversation about it, but it's like, oh, I'm just back and I live here again. And like, and we're just married. And like, and there's no, there needs to be some sort of confrontation, not just like, oh yeah, welcome back. 
we're glad to see you. You came back? Cool. You like, yeah, you live here again now. Like, no, absolutely not. There needs to be a conversation. Yeah, that was, that was weird. And also, like, I don't, I don't know how it is like to, you know, get divorced after being married or whatever, but immediately this woman goes back and in, and is sleeping in the same room as the dad, which I was just kind of like, okay, like, you guys don't have, like, a guest room or, like, sleep on a couch or whatever. Like, it's immediately, like, they took off where they left off before she left. Like, I don't know. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, on one hand, I could see Adam being so desperate to be like, oh, God, I didn't think I'd have a chance to get the fam- to put the family back together, and now it's here. But... Or maybe because he, he he's not looking twice at Miss Davies. He's he's been horny for two years, so I guess <laughs> welcome back to the bed. I don't know. Like it feels very Yeah. There needs to be some serious conversations about what are the new rules <laughs> or something. Like if you're coming back here we need to it's not just a given that like you're back. Like that's crazy. Um Hudson's mom gets to meet his girlfriend, and they get along very well. Um, it's a lot of filler, a lot of fluffer scenes that don't... I mean, there's there's no reason this hour, this movie needed to be an hour and 42 minutes long. Like, an hour and 20 would have been good if you'd shaved out stuff like this. But, um... Yeah, so now Miss, Miss Davies is also just now leaving... And we never see a conversation about that. Like, oh, I guess Jane is back, so we don't need you anymore. So I guess you're kind of fired. I don't want to do it, but you are. Or if it's her just like, well, I'm never going to get to fuck this man now. So I'm going back to England because she's just suddenly leaving. She's like, okay, I'm going back to England. This sucks. Bye. And there's no, there's no in between. There's no, I don't, I don't understand this situation really. Yeah, that was, that was a little weird. Well, because, you know, you get. Like, right off the bat, this mom is very passive-aggressive to Miss Davies, even in, like, the two conversations that she had about her. Like, upon first meeting her, she's like, what, you got him a nanny? And then she's like, who are you? Like, so condescendingly. And then, like, you know, um, Link is sitting out on the porch, like, watching Miss Davies after he said goodbye, like, watch her walk away. And then the mom comes out and is like oh she she left like um sad i didn't get to say goodbye like in the meanest voice ever like the most passive aggressive ever and yeah like that was that was weird (laughs) well because at every turn we're going to present this woman as a terrible person which i mean she's done a terrible thing but if she's here and she's back to make amends which and we get some scenes of that seem like she is genuinely trying to be better I don't know but um, we but her step one is we're sending Link back to school which back to public school I guess because A I'm I'm sure not homeschooling him (laughs) and B she probably she has no idea that any bullying was going on because she hasn't been here or present um and Adam apparently puts up no no fight about it that we see because he's just he's just going back to public school. There's no conversation about 
no, he was doing really good in homeschooling because he was being bullied or whatever. None of that. So Adam's a real doormat. <laughs> um, Jane is tucking Link into bed and Scrappy growls at her. And she's like, what the hell? You let, like, your dad lets his dog sleep in here? He tried, like, he just growled at me. And the dog hasn't talked in a while, but the dog is like, yeah, lady, I'll do it again. <laughs> Even the dog hates this lady. Which, fair. Um, but Jane, who has no reason to, the next day we see her, she has taken Scrappy for a walk in the park. This negligent woman who hates, you know, can't be bothered to take care of her kid. Like, she's obviously trying. She's taking this kid's dog for a walk while he's at school. She didn't have to do that. She has no interest in this dog. If, I feel like she's trying. And Hudson is driving by and sees Scrappy from a distance, instantly recognizes him, jumps out of his truck, runs at this woman full bore, and is like, oh my god, that's my dog. I lost him in the desert, and that's my dog. And Jane does the correct thing, which is, oh, that's your dog? Fine, here, take your dog. Like... <laughs> what is she supposed to do? Like, no, my dog, and run away? Like, because he even has a picture. He's like, I was out in the desert, and I lost my dog, and here he is. And she's like, oh, yep, that's him. Okay, here you go. Here's your dog. But she is treated when she comes home and reports this to Adam. And obviously, Link is very sad. But she did the right thing. Yes? Yeah, she did the right thing, but... um. Adam is like, well, you could have called me, which, yeah, she should have called him after the fact, like, right away to let him know and, like, plan for this. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, she did the right thing, but it's still really, really sad, and it probably made her son hate her even more. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, he's like, you just gave this dog to a complete stranger? And she's like, look, man. You told me you found a dog in the desert. This guy lost his dog in the desert. He's got a picture of the dog. What do you want me to do? Pick up the dog and run home screaming and like and make this a police matter? It's clearly the man's dog. What do you want me to do? Like, <laughs> and you're workaholic man at work. I'm not going to call and interrupt you at work to talk about this dumb dog. Like, I'm on her side on this one. <laughs> she very much did the right thing. But... Um, yeah, she's catching no end of shit for that at home. Link, Link's like, why did, like, why did you come back here? You ruined everything. <laughs> like, now I get it. Now I understand why you left because you can't. <laughs> no, not really. Um, but so just when you're like, okay, maybe she's trying, and in this instance, she has done the right thing. Adam is wrong. She is right. We can't have that. So we immediately throw any goodwill we've earned towards Jane out the window because now there's a conversation between Jane and Adam about, like, we need to find a – we need to send him to a special school because kids, kids like him don't belong in a regular school or some shit like that. And Adam's like, what the fuck are you talking about? So immediately, yeah, you're like, oh, Jane, you were so close. <laughs> like, you know what? You ruined it. He's right. You ruin everything. Um, Link wants to. Link straight out says, "I want to move to England with Miss Davies, and I'll come back and visit you in the summer." Which is, <laughs> Adam's like, "Well, no, <laughs> we're not doing that." 
where would you even why would you even think that yeah that was that was pretty funny i mean i feel like i as a kid said something like that to my mom just like oh i'm gonna go live somewhere else and i'll come back and visit you as like a 13 year old you know but yeah that was pretty that was pretty funny so and then jane just leaves again like all it took was a discussion that didn't go her way about public school her getting lambasted about this dog situation but link hasn't done anything i guess other than saying you ruin everything and i wish you weren't i wish you never came back but she gives up real fast because she's like uh, i tried it but no i was right the first time i'm not cut out for this bye and just takes off again so i her presence in this movie is negligible i don't know it doesn't didn't add a whole lot um i guess hudson got his dog back meanwhile at hudson's house scrappy is not acting himself he's not eating the way he should he's the dog is depressed the dog is in a deep depression and hudson can't figure it out and ann is like well you know he was with this other these other people for a while he he probably misses them you know and it's like no it's my dog he's very adamant um that they uh, fuck them kids this is my dog you know (laughs) yeah also she like figured it out right away like the collar that was on um scrappy or dingo whatever the heck this dog's name is like, the caller didn't have any, like, information on it. Like, it was just green. She just, like, pulled out her phone and found it. Like, that was... Yeah, these ladies are phone ninjas. <laughs> they can find people's information like that. Because, yeah, she pulls it. He he took the collar that Adam and Link had put on Scrappy, and he put it in a drawer because he doesn't want to see it anymore. Because, like, no, because it's my dog. It didn't really look at whatever information was on there. You don't see a tag hanging off it, but there must have been. Because, yeah, she pulls it out of the drawer and looks at it and... 10 seconds later is like here's the phone number of the guy who found who's had scrappy you should call him and he sees it and he's like wait i know coincidence i know this guy he joined the football team like my senior year like i I played football this guy we were friends and she's like oh yeah i remember him kind of so it's all very connect the dots happenstance um So Hudson goes to visit under the pre under the guise of like Oh, I'm just visiting my old friend I found out where my old friend Adam lives and they're just sitting there having a conversation about their old glory days in high school football, which is sad. Also I I couldn't be bothered to look up these actors' ages, actual ages, but there is zero chance that Hudson and Adam were in high school together. Because Adam is, at most, 40. And Hudson is clearly in his early 50s. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would say that Adam, he's probably, at most, like, 35. I mean, he's got a 7-year-old, but, like, him and his ex-wife seem kind of young. And then, yeah, um, Hudson, he's definitely, like, in his 40s, I think. Like, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, late 40s, early 50s. They definitely were not on the same high school team together. Um, But 
Yeah, and they bothered to even film like this little. There's sort of this little montage of like high school football action that was completely unnecessary because it's not like it's not the actors that we're used to and we're seeing them young. It's like everybody has their helmets on, but it's just like this little glory days of football thing. Um. Yeah, and he's like, "All right, well, nice to visit. Bye," and leaves. And there's more conversation between him and Anne about like, okay, it looks like you know that was probably a good place for Scrappy to live, but like. He's my dog, though. <laughs> and Anne has to convince him, like, yeah, but think of how sad that kid probably is. Um, so he decides, well, there's also a, there's a moment in here where Miss Davies is at the airport. And Adam goes out on the porch and decides, like, I'm going to call Miss Davies. Now that Jane has left. Um, he's going to call Miss Davies. And it looks like, because the phone's in her purse, she might not see it. But then, well, she doesn't. But then it looks like she must have called him back or something, because he answers the phone and he smiles. And that's kind of where we leave that. Um, <coughs> so he decides, Hudson decides he's going to give the dog back to them, because he has Anne now. He's done his, I guess he's done his grieving or whatever, or just that. Scrappy will be happier there. Link will be happy. It's my old friend. They're not strangers. Um, so he invites, yeah, he invites Link and Adam over to his house and then is like, oh, by the way, here's, like, here's your dog. <laughs> so gives them the dog back. And it's all, it's supposed to be heartwarming or whatever, but it's, it's just, I don't know. It's so what's even the word for it bland i i thought it was very bland like it wasn't it wasn't heartwarming at all it was just kind of like oh we got a dog now like that's it well this is what passes for heartwarming in like christian movies but yeah bland is a good word and also yeah and it's just really a treacly kind of and just surface level you know how much i don't know how much real emotion is involved in this but um so, yeah, the gist is that now, so they, they give the dog back to Adam and Link, and now Adam and Link and the dog and Hudson and Anne and Anne's mom all hang out like a family now. Um, there's a knock at the door, and it's Miss Davies. She didn't leave. And <laughs> Adam answers the door and smiles, and Miss Davies says, is the, is the position still open? And all I could think of was, was yeah, the missionary position. <laughs> No. But, yeah, so she hi she's hired back. But now it's going to get weird. Because if Miss Davies gets her way, and now we're a little family, and she gets to be with Adam and Link as, like, her new son, you don't have a job anymore. Because you can't be both. You can't be the hired nanny and also the kid's new mom who lives there and is sleeping with dad. Like, <laughs> it can't be, that's weird. Well, I imagine it would be like a, you know, a stay-at-home mom and, you know, that type of situation where it's like dad goes off to work, the mom is there, but like, you know? Yeah, but she can't be getting paid <laughs> by Adam. Well, to homeschool his son during the day and sleep with him at night. Otherwise, you should have just gone to Africa with that other guy because you're doing the same job. 
Well, like, don't, like, stay-at-home moms, like, have, you know, get, like, an allowance from their husband? Or, like, they have, like, a budget. Wow. What year is it? Good Lord. That's not, that's not <laughs> what I meant. That's not what I meant at all. Like, but don't they, they have, like, budget and stuff where, like, you know? Like, it's not his yeah. money. It's their money. Like, For sure. I'm just saying this won't be her job anymore. It will be her life. Yeah. She she needs to stop being paid for doing this thing she wants to do for free, I guess is my point. Because if you're still getting paid for it, that's very strange. <laughs> that's an upsetting family dynamic, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. And that's it. That's the movie. It's not offensive in its the way a couple of the other Christian movies have been. But it's so bland. It's so dull. The acting is also terrible. It's a real chore to get through. Yes? Yeah. Yeah. This, it's definitely not the type of movie that I would just sit and casually watch. Oh, absolutely not. Um, so, it is the time of the show where I push the magic button to find out what next week's movie will be. Chosen completely at random from everything streaming. And it is. All right, Netflix. We haven't done Netflix in a while. It's been all Amazon and Tubi, so Netflix is nice. Scales, colon, mermaids are real. Ooh, what? I have a, I have a bad feeling about this. <laughs> so I know it's, uh, yeah, it's clearly some kind of a movie for tweens about mermaids, so... Boy, am I the guy to talk about that. So, yeah, that'll be next week. <laughs> See how that goes. Um, Ivan Heathland, let's talk about your uh, YouTube channel here for a second. Let's uh, let's pimp you out slightly. The um, What's your... I guess you don't have a, a YouTube address per se, but what's, I guess... Go to your Instagram, and the link is in the bio to your YouTube channel, yes? Uh, yes. My Instagram is at Catherine Jane the first, all lowercase, and my the link to my YouTube channel is in my uh, bio. And then also, um, it's not like the first channel to pop, up, pop off on YouTube, but um, my YouTube name is Catherine Jane. Jane is spelt with a Y in both my Instagram handle and my YouTube channel. So yeah, check me out. I do makeup tutorials. I did a get ready with me. I did a skincare routine. So if that's the type of thing that interests you, it might be up your style. So yeah, check me out. Good stuff. And you have to use Catherine Jane, right? Because there's all there is already a Katie Jane who's like a famous makeup person? No. I thought so cuz I thought when I before I had the address for your thing, I went to look it up and there's somebody named Katie Jane who came up. And I was like, "Well, that's not her." Well, yeah, but she's I think it's just an uh other known person on YouTube, but um yeah, like I I prefer Catherine Jane, so yeah fun times <laughs> okay i am at heath lambert 78 the podcast is at that's a random p2 questions comments concerns all of that you can email the show at that's so random pod at gmail.com i hope you enjoyed the episode more than we enjoyed the movie hope you have a good week come back for 
What was it? Scales colon mermaids are real on Netflix. Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, that'll do it from me. Bye, everybody. Bye.